G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Seven colours of a rainbow, but it makes one rainbow. Yeah. Seven days of two, one week. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So you've got this one solid piece of gold that makes this element with these seven important things and the different symbolism. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we learned what the menorah was to look like, and we learned that God called the Jews to be a light to the nations, and Jesus called his followers to be a light to the world. But what does that have to do with the menorah, or are they entirely separate things? Actually, I don't think that they are separate things. I think they're basically the same thing. I think we see this corresponding message in the Old Covenant of the Jews being a light to the nation and then the light being essentially God himself so that the world can come out of darkness. And then uh, the Messiah arrives on the scene and he says, I am the light of the world, you are the light of the world, and take the light and don't hide it under a bushel, mm. but get it out there so yeah. everybody can see it. Put it up th- on a hill. I think it is essentially the same message, but why a menorah? Why does it have to look the way it looks? Why does it have to be that particular way? Um, we learned last time that it's this seven branches and there is this symbolism of almonds and these little cups and, and the design and the little bulbs and everything. I mean, really quite magnificent, all made of one piece, one single piece. It's kind of like um, you can have seven colours of a rainbow, but it makes one rainbow. It's yeah. seven days of to one week, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So you've got this one solid piece of gold that makes this element with these seven important things and the different symbolism. Now, we've mentioned it before, but it's important to understand that the light itself is actually symbolic. Remember, we said it was about types and shadows. Mm. The light itself, okay, it's practical in the temple. You've got to see what you're doing if you've got to offer sacrifices and things like that. But the light is representative of God himself, and Scripture even tells us that. And one example of that is in Revelation 22 in verse 5, where it says, there will no longer be any night And they won't have need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. So we see again that the tabernacle being a type or shadow, but then Jesus, I guess, is the fulfillment of that. But there's another passage in Revelation that talks about this as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is actually. It's in Revelation 1. Verses 12 to 13, I won't read all of it because it's a bit long, but it says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. Okay, we know that is Jesus. And the passage goes on to the very end of the chapter describing Jesus in a lot of detail. And then the last verse confirms that the lampstands are the churches. It says this, As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are 
the seven churches. Mm. So there you have this imagery. First of all, we know that the the menorah in the temple was a representative of God, his light to the nation that the, the people of God were to present to the rest of the world. And now here you see seven lamps that are actually representative of the seven churches that are mentioned in chapters two and three of the book of Revelation. So why then do you think the churches are described as lampstands in this passage? Well, like the Jewish people, they're supposed to be a light to the world. That's right. And of course, the other part of this is because of the fact that it's seven branches, it kind of represents some sort of a tree, I guess, in in that respect, the different branches of a tree. And in John 15, verses four to five, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch can't bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do anything. Sometimes we read these things in isolation and we don't actually connect them to the rest, but everything is connected here. And again, we're talking types and shadows, imagery of the reality that is in heaven. Far more real than what we can feel and see and touch down here. Okay, so what about the almond blossoms? I learned something when I was in Israel. We went to a place called the Biblical Garden, Neot Kedumim is the name of it. They did a lot of explaining about the almonds. Now, we think of the almond branch and we might automatically think of Aaron, whose staff that budded, this miracle that budded and actually flowered and, and produced fruit pretty much overnight. That can be found in number 17. But the prophet Jeremiah actually had a vision of a rod of an almond tree. And when God confirmed, yes, this that what the prophet was seeing was an almond tree, God said this about it. He said, you've seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And you think, well, so what is he saying here? That the almond that's budding, that's blossoming, that's producing fruit is representative of his word. But is it significant that it's an almond? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) The Hebrew word for almond is shaked, and it means to watch or to wake in in essence, what it means is it's a very hard work. It's working for something. The mm. almond tree actually works very, very hard. It wakens from its winter sleep before most other springtime plants and trees, and it actually works so hard to produce fruit in very tough conditions ahead of all the others, and, and the weather in Israel is very harsh, I might add, during the wintertime. And spring doesn't arrive, usually it's around about March, April when everything starts to bud. But the almond tree often produces almond fruit in February, sometimes January, before it's even sprouted leaves. Oh, wow. That's how hard it works. It works very, very hard. So in the context of Jeremiah's prophecy, this almond branch representing the word of God, that God himself is working hard, watching over it to make sure it's fulfilled exactly. Who is the word? Jesus. Jesus is the word. He indwells us. He is the light of the world. I find this stuff staggering only because the more you look at it, the more you see the connection to everything else. We read things in isolation and Mm. we just don't connect them. There is another vision that's mentioned in Zechariah in chapter 4. It's verses 2 to 5. And it's of two olive trees. So we've jumped to olive trees now, olive oil being the the fuel Mm -hmm. that lights the menorah which had to burn 24 hours a day, I might add, in the temple, in the tabernacle. And this vision had an olive tree, one on each side of this seven-branched lampstand, the menorah, and these trees were providing oil for fuel to the lamp. And and the vision's a little bit bizarre, actually. And the prophet goes on to describe um, the might and power of God, you know, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And you kind of go, well, that sounds great, but what does it mean? 
Paul gives really amazing insight when he describes in Romans two olive branches, one wild and one is natural. We've read this before, and what's he talking about? So he's talking about the Gentile church and the Jewish church. Yeah, he's talking about these two. One is the, the natural branch, obviously, is the Jews. The wild one that's grafted in is talking about the Gentiles. Okay, so here you've got this picture of the one new man in uh, the book of Zechariah standing beside the menorah, which is the light of God, and you've got Jew and Gentile represented there as this fuel, the light. It's amazing. I mean, do you get excited when you see <laughs> this kind of stuff? I find this amazing. Yeah, it's, you know? it's certainly multifaceted. There's all these terminology at the root of Jesse and, and the seed of David and, and the, the olive branches and the, the almond blossoms. and So... To bring this all to some sort of conclusion, the root is Jesus. Yes. Uh, the natural olive branch is the Jews. Uh-huh. And the wild olive branch, as we've said before, is the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what is the source of the light? According to Revelation, it's the Spirit of God. And why almonds? That's these hardworking word of God that God is watching over to perform and to fulfill it. But who is the word? Jesus Christ mm. himself. And the menorah, the menorah is this type, this shadow of the reality of that is in heaven. This is the pure light, which is, of course, God himself. And, and I just mentioned it before, this representation of Jew and Gentile together making up one new man, the wild olive branch and the natural olive branch all together in the root. And you can read that in Ephesians 2.15. And, and Why? We're both supposed to be a light to the world because of the indwelling Spirit of God that was within us. That is the importance and significance of the menorah. I find that amazing. Much more significant than what you'd think on on first inspection. Absolutely, yeah. It's much more than a lamp. In our next program, we're going to be studying rain, looking at its significance and why it is essential for life. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 